0: Hey! Doc Hallen's been killed. Doc Hallen? What happened? It's over at his place. You gotta come now. Oh, wait a minute, Steve. Tell us what happened. Well, I'm trying to tell you. Now, this thing had killed the Doc. But what was it? Stop with it, kid? But it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a mass that keeps getting bigger and bigger.
1: This is Why, with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling.
2: When did you first see The Blob?
0: Oh, man. Uh, I first saw The Blob probably showing my age here. It's probably the late 70s. Probably Channel 48 out of uh, Philadelphia, which went black, I think, in 83 and then kind of came back off and on uh, once in a while as like, really odd UHF stations. But I probably saw it there on like a uh, shock theater or something like that on a, on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and I remember my parents telling me, like, yeah, you know, I was filmed around here. Uh, and I'm from Delaware County. So, okay. uh, uh, you know, right outside of Philadelphia, right before you get to Chester County, where the theater is located. And uh, so, yeah, that was probably my first um, exposure to the movie. Also, like a lot of people from, uh, I, w- I won't even just say my generation, but uh, people who are fans of the the movie Grease, um, there's a Ooh. sequence where they're uh, they're at a drive-in and the Blob is playing, and uh, a lot of people got into the Blob uh, through that movie um, by just kind of asking like, "What is that thing going on there?" and seeing the, <laughs> the run-out scene from the theater and everything. So yeah, so it was UHF and uh, the movie Grease. So.
1: so did you ever think it would become a major part of your life?
0: Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I. I Who knows, man? It's just one of those uh, you know, fate, uh, coincidence, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, I never would have thought uh, I'd be working at the theater uh, where The Blob was filmed. And uh, yeah, my first, uh, the first time I was ever at the Colonial um, was almost 20 years ago. So it'll be like 19 years this fall. Uh, And uh, it was a buddy of mine who, uh, they had just reopened like maybe the year before uh, October of 99. So this was fall of 2000. Uh, so some friends and I were looking for something to do and a buddy said, uh, Hey, the blob theater up in Phoenixville, it's, it's open again. And they're showing, uh, midnight, like Colton, uh, horror movies. And they're doing, Plan uh, Planet of the Apes, um, the 68 Planet of the Apes this Friday. And we said, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, yeah, we pulled up, parked out front, saw that marquee, the famous marquee. And we we're just like, this is cool. And it's, you know, only at that time it was, you know a half hour away from where I was living. It was just like, yeah, this is I can't believe I haven't been here before. And also it's kinda cool to have this um, you know, landmark of a of a you know a cult uh classic movie uh right around the corner. So that was really cool. And then uh yeah, that just sparked my uh my fascination with this place and the and, you know, I've I've loved movies. I went to film school and everything at Temple and it was just like uh became Uh, you know, a home away from home. And I started volunteering here and, um, you know, showing up to uh, a lot of classic movies and the cult movies and things like that. And then, uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, two years ago, um, they expanded and uh, they expanded the staff along with uh, the additional uh, building next door and two new movie screens. And uh, they needed a marketing guy. And uh, I was, uh, I threw my hat in the ring and I was lucky enough to get the job and uh, Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's, uh, I don't take it for granted. It's nice to, to walk in every day and you're walking into, uh, you know, film history.
2: Now the behind the scenes, the making of this film is fascinating because Phoenixville PA is not where a lot of movies get made. Oh, Can you tell the backstory (laughs) of why they were shooting there to begin with?
0: Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, so the, the, the principal, you know, driving force behind this movie was its director, uh, Irving shorty Yaworth And, uh, he was a local filmmaker. He was based out of Valley Forge area, uh, Chester Springs area. And, uh, he was, uh, he and his, uh, his crew were basically making a living, um, doing industrial films and also, uh, religious films, you know, short films, um, 16 millimeter, stuff like that, uh, to be distributed to schools and things. And, and, uh, You know, I don't know who, but somebody was talking to him and said, like, hey, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunities with this, uh, you know, teenage crowd uh, and these uh, low cost, low budget uh, sci fi uh, horror movies and stuff. You know, this is uh, in the 50s when um, the Universal Classics were sort of uh, going through a resurgence, Um, Mm -hmm. that whole package got sold to TV. So. Teenagers right. were starting to discover it again. And and it was really after world war two when teenage culture in America really became a thing. Um, it was sort of not in, ex- I mean, you know, I'm going to say it wasn't in existence, but it folks hadn't tapped into the opportunity of there is this whole audience out there in this age who are looking for entertainment of their own. Uh, right. so a lot of the cult and, uh, you know, sci-fi and horror stuff was aimed at that crowd, uh, but there was also in the fifties, this sort of, uh, you know, Hollywood was putting out a lot of movies where the teenagers were reckless and rebellious and, you know, you had <laughs> rebel cause and, and, uh, the wild one with Marlon Brando. So there was, you know, Hollywood was also catering to the youth market, but also kind of giving them a backhand compliment by making movies about them in which they were sort of the villains, you know, black right. Right. and things like that. So, um, this guy shorty yay uh, decided, okay, let's make, um, you know, a low, a low budget, uh, horror sci-fi movie with teenagers as, uh, the heroes, but we're going to make these kids, uh, good. You know, they're having fun. They're racing their cars and stuff like that, but they're not, uh, you know, hoodlums and they're not, you know, going to wreck your neighborhood. And, uh, even though some of the folks in the movie feel that way, by the end of the movie, they're sort of, uh, changed around and you know, they realized these kids are really good and they've actually saved the day. Uh, um, right. so yeah. So it was this twofold thing, like appeal to the youth market, appeal to the, the sci-fi horror market and, uh, put a spin on both of those genres. So most of the movie was shot in their studio in Valley Forge, uh, on sets, um, which looked really good actually, when you see the movie projected, and, mm-hmm. and there were some location shots in Valley Forge park and, uh, local supermarkets, a local school, and things like that. And in the script they had a scene where, you know, the blob invades uh, a movie theater and, you know, slimes its way out of the projection booth windows and everything. So we were looking for a theater in the area where they could uh, film. And they approached the original or well, not the original, the owner of the of the colonial at the time and asked if they could uh, you know, rent his theater for a couple days of shooting. And the story goes that he was very reluctant because, you know, shooting shooting and um, it's kind of disruptive to the normal sure. flow of their work. And <laughs> no. you know. That's
2: a nice word to what filmmaking
0: <laughs> is to uh, having and PA'd film.
2: on many a film. And, uh, yeah. disruptive's uh, a nice word for it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, he was, you know, kind of hesitant, like, yeah, I could disrupt my business, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was also kind of hesitant of like, you know, what kind of movie is this? I don't know. And, uh, so he, he was kind of on the fence and almost was ready to say no. And, uh, I don't know how true it is or if it's apocryphal, but you know, a friend of his convinced him and said like, look, it's a few extra bucks. Um, if this movie becomes a hit, your, your theater's featured in it. If it doesn't, nobody sees it. What do you got to lose? You, you, you get some extra money and some guys used your theater and it's fine. So he said yes. Um, and, uh, the story goes, that he said yes, because Y- Yayworth and his crew were like, well, fine, you're not the only theater in town.
1: Of course. Uh,
0: <laughs> the death, uh, they shot the scene and it's, you know, one of the highlights of the movie. Um, you know, when you watch the trailer, it's, it's a prominent um, part of it. You know, you, it, people are fleeing in terror. Some people are laughing as they flee in terror. Um, (laughs) Some people are shirtless for some reason. Of Um,
1: course. That's how I would flee in
0: terror. (laughs) uh, One of the funniest things is is when you see the shots inside the theater before the blob attacks, it's like, there weren't that many people seated in the theater at the time. And then (laughs) the deluge of folks comes out. It's like, where did they all come from? But uh, it's a good thing he said yes, because the movie was a hit. Uh, It was actually the B movie, uh, it was released by Paramount Studios, so it got picked up by a major studio, and it was going to be the 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 B title of the original release. Um, and I Married a Monster from Outer Space was the A title. Hmm. But after a little while, um, it became um, sort of, uh, you know, Paramount was surprised. They're like, hey, the movie that we thought people wouldn't stick around for, that we just kind of tacked on there, that's the one people are actually coming back to see. Um, you know, and it may have been because it was... Uh, a movie um, aimed at uh, teens, starring well, starring people <laughs> playing teens. <laughs> right, I McQueen was about thirty when they shot this, right. so um, just he's, like almost the age, he's almost the same age as the guy playing his dad in it, which is you know, funny. Uh-huh. And so uh, you know, it may have been because of that. Just it really did tap into that market, and they, you know, it's the first time they saw themselves on screen and portrayed as as the heroes instead of this reckless youth thing. Um, right. So after a couple of weeks, Paramount flipped them and the, the blob became the A picture. And I married a monster from outer space became the B picture. And it just, uh, it just took off. And uh, yeah. So good thing. The owner said yes to using the colonial and uh, you know, it certainly put us on the map and uh, you know, it's a, it's a great um, from the marketing world. It's a great way to get people uh, interested in the theater.
1: So why do you think the film is so iconic to that I mean obviously yes the fact that it was filmed there but the fact that there's this huge festival that you can build around it what made it so iconic
0: You know it's definitely the the local pride thing um you know because Phoenixville was a boom town that saw some some rough patches and, and has come back uh swinging it's it's amazing uh, you don't get to tell that story very often or see that that sure. happen. So there's a lot of hometown pride um you know, there's a lot of that, um, you know, from the outside, there's a lot of that, uh, you know, like if you're at the art museum, you're guaranteed to see so many people several times a day running up the uh, the art museum steps like Rocky um, mm-hmm. and, you know, the colonial and the blob. It's like you, know, you have to run out of the theater. So there's that there's like just this you get to be a part of this uh, signature moment from film history. Do
1: people Um, run out of the theater no matter what they're seeing? Is that just if you go to the colonial, you must sprint out of the theater, (laughs) perhaps shirtless?
0: (laughs) Uh, We don't don't help, we don't force that role. (laughs) Um, But you know, it is funny though, because some people are just like, you know, they come here for a movie and are like, you know, if they're not familiar with it or even if they are, and they're just, uh, can can we run out? It's like, yeah, just be safe. (laughs) Right. Don't don't, trample people. Or into traffic, but yeah, some people will, they'll, 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 you know, casually maybe walk fast out of the theater um, <laughs> if it's not actual blob fest. Uh, and, that, and the fact too, that, you know, there's still a huge, um, culture of, of film fans or horror and sci-fi fans that, that, you know, saw this movie when it was new and they kind of passed it down to their generations. And then just folks who are movie fans who just love this fact that there's this, um, piece of film history you know they're not far out of the, the philadelphia area so if people live here or they're visiting um they like that but the movie itself i think it's because you know it gets labeled as the b picture i mean that's what paramount you know uh thought of it it was the undercard of a double feature sure and um but i think you know when you compare it to a lot of the other um uh, movies that were made around that time and the movies that it it sort of um uh, spawned uh, because, you know, like, like any hit movie with a, a, an original concept, uh, the studios see the receipts and they go, oh, my God, we got to make a, a version of this. Uh, <laughs> right. right. Blob, put out the, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, you see it with the assault with Star Wars and Jaws in the 70s. Um, you know, you, you'll see it with any sort of original concept. Um, everybody just smells uh, the cash flow and they decide to do their spin on it. And when you compare the blob to the stuff that came after it, that it it influenced or that ripped it off, um, it's definitely made by people who know they're making a, a B movie or a, a low budget um, a sci-fi horror movie, but they they wanted to make a good movie. You know, they wanted to make the best movie they possibly could uh, with the budget constraints and everything else that they had at their disposal and they really did. I mean, production value wise, it's, it's really well done. There's not a lot of stuff in it. That's uh, like, uh, I mean, the special effects still hold up. Uh, it, it's got a great sense of humor. Uh, it knows when to be uh, poignant at times. Um, and, you know, it knows when it's being a little goofy too. And it's, it's in on it. It's uh, you know, so I think all those things, when you look at it, it's just a, uh, you know, for 85 minutes or whatever the runtime is, it's just a lot of fun. And, uh, and the pacing is great too. It doesn't, it, it doesn't give you like 20 minutes of backstory before we even get into the blob. I mean, we've right. known, uh, the leads for like two minutes before it <laughs> hits. Uh, totally so invested. <laughs> you're just like, hi, this is Steve. And this is Steve's girlfriend. And they're here and Oop, a meteor hits and, uh, let's get this ball rolling, you know? And, uh, I, I think it's all those things, um, you know, it is why it's still relevant. And when you see it, uh, it's definitely a movie to see with a crowd. Um, sure. It's mm-hmm. enjoyable on your own, but when you see it with a packed house and people are so, you know, if, the, if they're fans, they're, they're gung ho about it, or if they're first timers, they get caught up in the excitement and just that vibe. And it is such a very cool experience. And, uh, you know, and I think that's, you know, who doesn't want to feel uh, part of a really fun bunch for, you know, 90 minutes? It's, it's great. It's a really great feeling. And, and uh, you know, there's not many movies, I think, that can, um, you know, bring that experience uh, to life.
2: Yeah. And now talking about the, the run out of the theater and how that's become this iconic thing, that's also sort of the keystone to this blob festival that you hold every year.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: What do you see if you go to this thing? If I if I'm if I swing by, what will I see apart from somebody shirtless possibly running out of the theater?
0: <laughs> um, you know, it, it started, uh, like I said, when the theater reopened in in fall of ninety nine. You know, um, it basically just started as we're going to show the the blob, um, mm-hmm. and that was the fest part of it. We're going to show the blob because it was shot. You know, part of it was shot here, and it's a uh, uh, a locally and culturally significant movie and, and part of this community's history. Um, and at the end of that um, screening, people that came to see it decided to run out of the theater. And, uh, you know, the the, uh, the folks who were here, Mary Foote, who was the uh, executive director until last year, she, uh, she did 20 years and then decided she wanted to do something new. You know, she and some of the other uh, volunteers and folks here in the community decided, okay, let's embrace this, and uh, we'll show the movie, and uh, we'll we'll let people run out to recreate this scene because they're going to do it anyway. Um, we might as well make it official.
2: And so, so it's completely so, organic, Yes. Yeah, you know, naturally, somebody that. was moved to run out screaming.
0: Fans doing their thing, you know, and and it just became like, yeah, the people are going to do this anyway, so let's just make it let's make it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, so the, the fest became, you know, showing the blob, showing the blob with, um, you know, a couple double features and having a little bit of, uh, vendorship. And then it just, uh, I mean, it's pun intended, no pun intended, whatever, however you want to take it. It just grew and grew and grew (laughs) uh, like the blob. And, you know, as word spread that like, Hey, there's this crazy thing going on at, uh, the colonial Phoenixville. People watch this, this, uh, movie from the 50s and they they run out of the theater and they recreate this famous moment um so now it's turned into you know a whole weekend um so friday night kicks it off that's uh you know our it's probably the 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 thing that folks are always the most excited about and uh that's the run out Mm -hmm. and uh so tickets are available and uh if you're lucky enough to get them because they sell out faster and faster every year it's insane um, I think last year was under two minutes or something like that. Wow. wow. Uh, it's nuts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so before it isn't just, you pay to go into a building and then run out, uh, Right. <laughs> Friday night, um, you know, we put on, uh, there's a committee that, that runs blob fest and they really put their, their passion and their hearts into this thing. They try to do, um, uh, something different every year. So there's a, a, a live stage show, um that's emceed by mr lobo who's a uh uh, known throughout the country he's a a monster movie film host Mm -hmm. so he's your mc for the evening and there's skits there's music um that's a lot of comedy um we also have uh every year we host the shorty awards named after the the nickname of the film's director Irvin uh, yayworth um his nickname was shorty so we uh we encourage uh Young filmmakers and filmmakers. There's two categories for for uh, uh, youth and adult uh, films, short films that um, don't have to be in you know blob related, but they have to be some sort of sci-fi um, horror element to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we screen some of those. We award um, the Shorty Award to the winners in each category. So there's that. And uh, ultimately, after 90 minutes, it culminates with the recreation of the the run out. So it's amazing to see people get so excited for something that seriously lasts about a minute Um, and their participation in it is seconds long. Uh, But it's, uh, it is exciting to see. And (laughs) and there are so many people that will just show up to the neighborhood just to watch it Um, Mm -hmm. around five o'clock that Friday evening. You'll just see every, restaurant and every shop and every coffee shop in the area just fill up with people Uh, and they're just you know catching a bite to eat or killing some time before they're there for the the main thing which is just to watch the run out so you know at nine o'clock the streets shut down uh, people gather around uh you know we put some barriers up so folks have a path to run through and everybody just gathers around and once the the run out is uh recreate it. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just really cool. People go nuts for it. And then, uh, you know, the, the neighborhood itself in Phoenixville, the shops and, and restaurants that surround us just embrace it. Uh, and they do blob oriented stuff all weekend too. You know, whether it's, you know, a bar offering a, a blob beer or a blob martini, uh, <laughs> you know, breakfast place doing blob pan- pancakes and stuff, or, um, your little boutique shops having like blob sale uh, with this <laughs> There's so much foot traffic in town um, that whole weekend that everybody is just like this is great this is great for Phoenixville um, it's great for the theater and it's great for just building community and, and uh, you know building business so um, yeah the town just just you know they love it and well, then it was- you know Saturday the, that's when the blob plays we don't actually show the movie on Friday night uh, we screen it about three times on Saturday, usually with uh, a couple of uh, other um, you know, horror sci-fi movies from that that era. Like in the past, we've done uh, Came From Outer Space and Them and Creature from the Black Lagoon. And uh, now that we have additional theaters, we run some other content in those theaters so that if you're you know waiting to see an evening double feature of The Blob, but you're in town and we have a street fair outside with vendors, which is uh, open to everybody, and then of course, tickets, you need tickets for the double features, but, um, you know, folks can go in our uh, second or third, uh, theater and watch, uh, you know, something like House of Wax or, um, Mm -hmm. other cool stuff where we have monster makeup demonstrations and things like that, or interviews with people who, um, are local to the area who worked on the blob or, um, you know, guys who lent their cars to be in the blob and stuff like that. And they've got cool stories about the filming and, um, you know, you hear stories about Steve McQueen getting you know, pulled over by the local police as he's hot rodding through uh, Valley Forge Park and uh, uh, filming things like that. And then Sunday's the last day, and that's sort of like the the low-key um, blob fest day. Um, if you if you don't like crowds and you're just interested in seeing the movie and just kind of having more of a laid-back vibe, that's, uh, that's Sunday. Uh, we show the movie one more time. We pair it up with another film, and there's usually... You know, the the other film will usually be somebody who's uh, a new uh, indie filmmaker, and there's interviews mm-hmm. with them and stuff like that. So that's sort of like the come down day is Sunday, uh, right. after all the craziness of Friday and Saturday. Sunday's like your, it's like a Sunday should be. You know, it's like uh, <laughs> putting on a favorite uh, Sunday morning album and just getting your coffee and kind of unwinding a bit. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's great. It's, it's just an amazing experience.
2: How many extras and, you know, crew members are there left? I know that one of the big collectors of blob ephemera passed away this, I think past fall.
0: Yeah. It wasn't long after, uh, last year's blob fest. It was maybe about a month. I want to say it was end of summer. Uh, blob fest no. is felt is held in the middle of July. And, uh, I believe so it was like mid August or something last year. It was West Shank. Yeah. He, uh, he owns what's left of the blob. Um, the blob was basically silicone that was dyed, uh, red. And, uh, it ended up in his possession along with some of the other, um, artifacts from the movie. But, uh, did he go up to the
2: North pole to get it or how did he
0: (laughs) recover that? No, Wes's story that we tell you was not as exciting as that. Um, you know, he would tell you the joke story and then he would tell you the real story. Um, he befriended, um, Irvin Shorty Yeworth. And uh, Wes was a was a um, movie memorabilia and prop collector. And he was just kind of touring the the studio, the Valley Forge Studios, where they shot uh, a lot of the movie and where Irvin uh, worked. And, uh, you know, he said, Hey, would you like to see the blob? And he showed him what was left of it. And, you know, Wes, because he was a movie collector, asked him, Like, would you ever part with that? And uh, I think Irvin, you know, like a lot of folks were just like, Yeah, what do I need it for? Um, Right, and it ended up in Wes's possession, and uh, so yeah. So when you come to Blobfest, Wes would be here with Blob, and you could get your picture taken with it and stuff. So yeah, his passing was a huge, um, you know, it just it really struck people uh, last year because it was just one of those things where it's like we just saw him,
1: right? Yeah, and he was,
0: you know, he he just lit up um, during Blobfest. You know, he loved it. And you know he was kind of like the grand marshal of it.
1: Sure. Um,
0: and and uh, you know to not have him, especially this year's the 20th anniversary of the of Blobfest for for West to miss this, it's it's a little bittersweet for um, you know the folks in the Blobfest committee, the folks here on staff, and and uh, and the fans, you know, because he was such a uh, an integral part of uh, of this uh, amazing event.
2: Will his memorabilia be on display or? how are you paying tribute to him
0: that i'm sure there's something going on um the bob fest committee is very secretive about some of their stuff as rightfully so yeah um because you don't want any spoilers uh but i'm sure that um honoring wes's uh uh is going to be a cornerstone of this year's uh, uh festivities so sure of course
2: how many locations from the film are still standing in the area? Can you almost do a blob tour or has just time?
0: You, no, there's, there's still quite a few. Um, so just, you know, the colonial, of course, um, there's uh, the doctor um, in the in the movie uh, who they take the first blob victim to. His house is still standing. It's a historic landmark. It's on uh, Main Street. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks a little different, but it's still like if you if you're familiar with the movie and you drive past or you walk past it, you're, you'll know what it is. It's like, oh, it's Doc's house right there. <laughs> uh, the high school is actually a local uh, elementary school here in uh, Phoenixville. So uh, there's a lot of folks who will go there uh, toward the door where um, you know they, they go to get the uh, fire extinguishers. Uh, the Battle of Blob, uh, and they'll you know post for pictures there. Uh, the one thing that's prominent in the movie that doesn't exist anymore is there was a uh, supermarket that's featured in it. It's actually supposed to be the supermarket that's owned by Steve McQueen's uh, character's dad in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that no longer exists. Um, that's now it's the shopping center where it was located is still going strong, but the supermarket itself was torn down and turned into a variety of different stores and things so um, of course it is Yeah, so there's like actually quite a few and the diner of course the, the downingtown diner which is not even uh located in phoenixville uh but if you if you watch the movie it's right around the corner from the colonial um <laughs> it's in a whole different city of course but, uh, that place is still going strong it's not the uh, original diner I, yeah, they've you know rebuilt it and, uh it's changed a lot but it's still uh it's still going strong and they've got some, uh, you know, some blob, uh, um artifacts there, and and uh, so yeah, folks will go there and have their breakfast during uh, blob fest and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there's there's uh, there weren't a lot of like location um, shots, but a lot of the stuff that where they did go on location still actually exists, so it's kind of cool. And yeah, people will um, will kind of take. Uh, we don't host the tour of mm-hmm. the locations but people you know they know where stuff's at or or that uh information is shared readily among the the blobfest attendees and they just go and kind of do their own little uh, tours of locations uh during the weekend so mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty cool
1: yeah. yeah that's awesome what's the craziest thing or costume or just the you know just most where everyone on the committee afterwards was like what just happened what's ever happened at <laughs> <It> breakfast
0: <laughs> so yeah on saturday during the street fair there's a costume contest and uh you know a lot of folks um uh, participate and there's some folks who, who won't enter the costume contest they're just there to have fun so they're walking around the street fair they're they're you know ha- having a place just in their costumes and uh i some of the coolest ones i've seen over the years um uh, last year, or the year before, I saw um, an Audrey from um, the eighties <laughs> version of Little Shop of Hearts, yes, Audrey too, uh, which was really, really awesome. Uh, saw a uh, she was probably I'd say thirteen or fourteen. Uh, this girl was Ripley from the uh, from the original Alien, Sweet. so she was walking around the streets with a you know the Nostromo jumpsuit on with this uh, face hugger basically attached to her back. <laughs> and, and she made it herself and uh yeah I was talking to her folks and they were like yeah she's worked months on this thing and it, it was amazing um that's a cool kid right there that's an awesome kid yeah it's yeah. like it you hope for the future it's like awesome, right
1: you know? <laughs> faith renewed right there
0: yeah. <laughs> it's awesome and you've done a great job <laughs> your child to be awesome
1: yeah she you will know. save us all <laughs>
0: exactly. and uh but yeah so there's some of that um you know, it, one of them was, um, uh, it was so, um, elaborate and so well done. And I just couldn't believe the person did it. And also that like it had to be incredibly difficult to transport and, um, basically wear. um, but uh, I cannot think of the name of it, but in Monty Python, and the Holy Grail, and it's it's only on screen for a little while. There's this monster with like a bunch of eyeballs and it's this, you know, mm-hmm. crazy Terry Gilliam uh, creation. And uh, somebody made that. And wow. uh, when I saw it, I was just like, wow, that's just amazing. The level of detail um, that went into that. And uh, yeah, it's it's, you know, so it's the costume contest people have really upped their game you know um you know the early years it was just like hey i've got a pair of googly eyes or a monster man right <laughs> now people are are really um they're, they're you know i think they're planning them uh next year's costume as they're packing away this year's costume you know sure. and, uh, it's really cool stuff
2: Tickets for the 2019 edition of BlobFest go on sale this Friday, May 31st. For more information or to get your tickets, go to thecolonialtheater.com. That's T-H-E-C-O-L-O-N-I-A-L-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.com.
1: For more Why content, including behind-the-scenes, additional photos and video, as well as outtakes, visit whythepodcast.com. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It'll help other folks find us and join our cult. The more cult members you bring in, the better your seat will be on the mothership. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on social, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even LinkedIn.
2: Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Hedquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen, Our intern is Randy Jeanette. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynthno Magnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home.